0: Stupid live to take. Welcome to Millennial Season 4, Episode 18. I'm Andrew.
1: I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela.
0: We have lots to talk about today. Thanks for joining us. I'm going to start off the show with a personal announcement. I'm leaving. <laughs> no! <laughs> uh, no, um, I actually wanted to update everybody on a very millennial issue, which is mental health. About two years ago, I had what was my first proper panic attack. I was just on the floor, heart racing, couldn't do anything, really freaked out. Oh my god, I'm dying! Goodbye, divide by three at the time. Uh, that was gonna be it, and um, that was that was after years of anxiety that I could control. But I had finally reached the point where I just couldn't control it anymore. I wasn't I wasn't giving myself hashtag self care. I was working too much. I wasn't taking care of myself. So it was I was in an awful place. I could not go to Target without feeling like I was on the verge of a panic attack. The gym, forget it. I would keep trying, and then I would feel like my 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 heart was was about to. Uh, conk out and then that was it i would have to walk out of the gym i was a total mess so i go to a psychiatrist and long story short she puts me on lexapro and it was 20 milligrams and uh, daily and she also helped me just realize that i need to relax a little bit more and one of the big changes and it's actually kind of funny because now pam's on the show pam does the evening news on Hypable. before that it was karen we started Karen doing evening news because I didn't want to be working all fucking day being responsible for the news. (laughs) So now Pam actually does that in the evenings. Thanks, Pam. You're helping me not have any mental breakdowns.
1: (laughs) I can't say the same for myself, but I'm glad I can be there for you. (laughs) Oh no.
0: Do we have to hire somebody to save you? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) So um, we'll talk about that later. So um, anyway, So, things have been better over the past year or two. I've made changes in my work side of life, personal life, you know, (laughs) moving out of the busy world that was busy and expensive and hopeless world that was Los Angeles. And, um, you know, just getting my shit together more. And as of a couple months ago, my new psychiatrist here in Chicago and I decided to lower my dosage. We lowered it to 15. And that went well. And then now I'm currently on 10, and I've been on 10 for about a week now, and I'm feeling good. So I myself didn't know if I would be doing that one day. My goal is to completely phase it out. I don't know if I will be able to do that.
2: Yeah, well, first, I just wanted to say congratulations to you because I know that phasing off of uh, an SSRI, um, an antidepressant can be really daunting. Um, one, because it's like you've grown so used to having that there to kind of like support you, but then also right. because you do develop a dependency yeah. on it. Um, I've been on Lexapro myself for the last couple of years. Grad school killed me, uh, soul wise. And I just, I, I needed to figure out how to get my life back on track. And I've been on the 10 milligram dose for the last couple of years. Um, mm. But I've actually recently started considering speaking with a psychiatrist to talk about lowering my dose because I'm not sure that I actually need it anymore. Yeah. Um. Well, so we'll good. find out.
0: Yeah. Watch so this you space. don't see a psychiatrist every few months? Nope. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. What I've been doing is seeing one every few months to check in to get another few months of medication. Um, I don't find the appointments very helpful because they're not a therapist. And I'm only there for 10-15 minutes just to like check in, make sure I'm doing well, and then that's that. Okay, here's another three months. Bye.
2: Yeah, well, a psychiatrist isn't really the same thing as a therapist. Mm-hmm. They're there for the, the medicinal side of it. But no, I mean, in my experience, I saw a psychiatrist once, Uh, I was written a prescription. And then after that, my doctor has just continued to fill my prescriptions for me because I got the original from a psychiatrist.
0: So yeah, I don't know either if I'm going to go off it completely. It has been a little nerve wracking. And I think I don't think I've felt anything different. I think my head might be playing tricks on me because now I know that it's going down. So I'm like, oh my God, am I about to have more anxiety? Am I about to have a panic attack? Do I need to go more to get more uh, higher dosage? (laughs) So I kind of spook myself and I hope that's all it is for now. But the other thing I need to be clear about to myself is managing my time, having a life outside of work and just relaxing and working set hours. Stuff like that is stuff that I've personally been working on because the work at home life and I know... Pam, you can probably speak to this as well. It's just if your home is your work, you always feel like you're at work.
1: Yeah, no, totally. And like a lot of times, too, because we're so connected um, and we're both in the same industry. It's like so funny because I feel like you're one of the only people that really understands that because most everybody else can like leave their problems when, you know, they leave the office. But my office is anywhere my computer is, anywhere my phone is. And um, and it's hard to tune out when you've spent so much time tuning in especially because you know the news never sleeps and it's something that I definitely struggle with as well um and and like and like you I I had to leave LA I was out in LA for like two three years and I had to leave because it was just a toxic environment for me you know
0: yeah yeah it's interesting that you think that as well Yeah, I I did.
1: I think that like, I just wasn't like mentally prepared. And and a lot of times when you're already like mentally fragile, which nobody speaks about, if you're in an environment that's not helping and is only like deteriorating your mental health, it's just going to get worse. And I put it off and put it off and put it off until I had a really big anxiety attack that lasted for about 24 hours. And then I left and I was like, you know, I need to come home because it's not getting better. And I'm just fooling myself. So yeah. it is important to to take care of you first sometimes, and it's hard to do that, but
0: yeah. well, thanks for sharing that, and hopefully you're doing better up in NorCal.
1: It's just a different speed up here.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, and um, I mean, in terms of like separating work from play when you're working at home, I try to have my notific- notifications muted at night, for example, Slack, I turn that shit off. it's automatically set to go off. By seven PM, but I stop looking at it usually earlier because you 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 do have to you can't be constantly inundated. I don't look at Twitter at night anymore. I try to avoid the rest of social media at night. It's, yeah, it's just too much to be constantly inundated with all this shit.
1: Hmm, it's kind of funny because like for for. Me, like, well, we, I do another show for Hypeable every week called Hype Podcast, and people write in all the time and say, like, oh, I love pop culture, because, like, I can turn my brain off, and it's an escape from the world, and so, <laughs> but for us, like, we can't do that, because, like, pop culture is our job, and and I love it, you know, it, it it's very near and dear to my heart for many reasons, but um for me, like, I can't necessarily always relax by, like, watching a TV show, if, like, I am very aware that that TV show is for work, so it's kind of become, like this game of of finding things that i enjoy that aren't too heavy that like relax me so like yeah and not doing it for work so like um something that works for me is watching like like really silly gaming videos on youtube because it's still entertainment but it's nothing that i like it's gonna be about like death and destruction and it's just kind of like empty it's like empty joy you know yeah um and a lot of people like they do that with like going to the movies and stuff like that but for me anytime i go to the movies i'm like okay like when am i going to talk about this like what's most most strategic to see like what do i need to say about this that it's like
0: oh fuck i have to write an article about this yeah damn it
1: this isn't fun anymore avengers (laughs) it's it's just funny (laughs) you know
0: yeah no i i I completely understand that um but yeah i mean this type of job definitely has its blessings it's nice as fuck to be able to work from home but when it's it can also be a curse not being able to interact with people as much and always feeling like you're at work stuff like that anyway um i'll give people an update should i step off of it step off of the lexapro further i'm gonna spe- see my psychiatrist again in i think the beginning of august and then we'll revisit things her strategy by the way which she says a lot of psychiatrists don't do is to wean yourself off it very slowly that's why i went from 20 waited uh you know i was on 20 for like a year and a half switched to 15 did that for a couple of months now doing 10 for three months and then we'll go from there she says she's had a lot much she's had a lot of success with her clients when it's a slow step down as opposed to a quick one, which apparently the books recommend, according to her. But in her own experience, she has found the slower, the better.
2: Yeah, that sounds wrong to me, because there are withdrawal symptoms Mm -hmm. of just quitting cold turkey.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, and she she wasn't saying cold turkey, but just not spacing out the lower dosages three months at a time.
2: Oh, so like they would just have you do it over the course of a week?
0: Yeah, maybe a week or a month. I don't know. No. She was saying, yeah, no, I agree. And I want to close this mental health update segment with a bit of inspiration in terms of not being afraid to talk about it. Um, Frozen on Broadway recently opened and one of the stars, uh, Patty Murin, plays Elsa. And I was very pleasantly surprised by this Instagram post a couple weeks ago. She wrote on her public Instagram, where she has 41,000 followers, "...so last night I called out of the show because I had a massive anxiety attack in the afternoon. It had been building up for a while, and while the past month has been incredible, because it just opened, all the ups and downs and stress and excitement really takes a toll on my mental health." I've learned that these situations aren't something to deal with or push through. Anxiety and depression are real diseases that affect so many of us. It requires a lot of rest and self-care to heal every time it becomes more than I can handle in my daily life. While I hate missing the show for any reason at all, Disney has been nothing but supportive of me as I navigate my life and work, and I'm so grateful to them. Just remember that you're not alone. Your feelings are real, and this is not your fault. Even Disney princesses are terrified sometimes. That's awesome. I was so impressed by that. And not just because she's a star. I think I should said she plays Elsa. She plays Anna. That the show just opened and she's already admitting struggling with this new show. Like, I think that takes balls to admit it early on. So good for her on so many levels.
2: And good for Disney, too, for working with her. I feel like a lot more employers are becoming more open about addressing issues of mental health. Like I know that I've been able to have really frank and open discussions with my boss about dealing with anxiety. Um, and I've never, thankfully with, with this individual, I've never felt ashamed or scared to admit when I'm having a bad day. Um, So I think that I think there is a social evolution happening around it, but it is it's a bit slow,
0: slow, but you definitely see the progress.
2: Yes, absolutely. I know myself,
0: I probably wouldn't have realized just how bad it was prior to experiencing it myself. Mm -hmm. Admittedly, you know, and I I regret thinking that way now, uh, prior to having my own issues. But yeah, I think once you experience it yourself, you're like, wow, this is powerful and real.
2: Yeah. Speaking of stuff that's powerful and real, um, y'all might have noticed for the past couple of weeks, I sound like I'm gargling like gravel, and yeah. it's because it's allergy season here in Atlanta. Um, Georgia is like the world capital for allergies. It is so bad here. What? Our pollen counts are consistently like 200 percent above what is considered unhealthy. Um, so I'm always dying come springtime. And it turns out this year, my dog developed allergies. I had to take her to the vet for allergy shots the other day. I did not know that they made such a thing for dogs (laughs) that they do.
0: And how did that go?
2: It kicked in within a couple of hours. It was amazing. It was like, Hmm. she, she has some kind of grass allergy and every time she would go outside, she like her paws would start itching and she would start biting and scratching at them. And within a couple hours of getting the shot, she was totally fine.
0: Damn. Yeah. Gotta love drugs, whether you're a human or animal. I know. How, How much, much did, did it cost, cost,
1: though? Yeah, <laughs> it was like 60 bucks. That's actually not bad. No.
0: Yeah. And
1: was- it lasts
2: for like eight weeks. So. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, just, I I asked that because every time I go to the vet, I, I'm like, oh, my God, these prices.
2: Oh, it was... I mean, all in all, I spent $260 on the dog at the oh, vet yeah. that day because it was like she was having allergy issues, but she also had an upset stomach, and they had to, like, give her medicine to make her stop throwing up, and it was just, yeah, I spent a mm. lot of money.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The only good thing I can say about my vet is it's right next to a Dunkin' Donuts. I I mean, they're friendly people, too, but, like... Damn, it's rough going there. Except for I the feel like donuts.
2: I should be allowed to not pay my student loans this month because I paid to save my dog. Well, yeah,
0: maybe <laughs> Donald Trump will uh, throw you a bone there. I don't think he likes dogs. Well, just, just ask, ask your mom. Uh, you know, mom, do I have to pay my phone bill this month? Has <laughs> that already she- been done?
2: Know what she'll say? Yes.
0: <laughs> Yes. What's more important, the dog or the phone? You decide, Laura. (laughs) Why does Laura's mom sound like a man? I don't don't know.
2: know. (laughs) You've met my mom too, so I'm not really sure what that's about.
0: She sounds manlier than me. I don't know what came over me. (laughs) It's your alter ego. We also just wanted to mention uh, Hawaii. They have a full doomsday situation going on right now because they've been having multiple volcanic eruptions on the big island more than seventy thousand residents are being evacuated because lava is rolling up their driveways actual literal lava which sounds terrifying i oh you, you think hawaii is a perfect place to live and then that kind of shit happens
2: yeah i don't know i mean i grew up in texas right so for us it was tornadoes mm-hmm. and george bush who was governor at the time <laughs> but i digress um and you know now I live in Georgia where we have like horrible allergies and sometimes we get spin-off hurricanes from Florida so no matter where you go there's something
0: This is going to be stupid Andrew talking again but I would probably touch the lava
2: and you would lose a <laughs> finger
0: I'd be so curious like 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 Trump looking directly into the sun during the eclipse I just gotta know I gotta know how hot it is, or like I don't know, throw an egg on it, see what happens.
1: I think throwing an egg from further away is your best bet. <laughs> Poke it with a stick, yeah <laughs> St- um, instantly. My sister lives in Hawaii, but she doesn't live on the big island, and um they're fine, you know, but they do have to you know because they've been having like tiny little earthquakes because of the eruptions and stuff like that, it they're just on yeah. like potential tsunami warning where she is which is kind of crazy because she's not even on the island that it's happening on and they're already kind of like thinking okay like let's just make sure that nothing is like way too out of control that we're gonna have to um you know
0: prepare for you were were talking about moving to san francisco because it's more relaxing why don't you move to hawaii because it's more relaxing
1: because san francisco is different you know what though it's like i don't know I love my, like, San Francisco so much. I just miss, like, the green and the redwoods. There's no redwoods in in Hawaii. Yeah. You know, I grew up at the have base you... of Muir Woods. It's a little different.
0: <laughs> oh, that's cool as hell. Yeah. Have you, how many times have you been to Hawaii?
1: We've been twice. Once, so we went last year to see her, because uh, she's living out there. This is, like, her third year. And so she lives on um, on Oahu near Honolulu.
0: Oh, okay. And it's,
1: yeah, it's really great, but they get like tornadoes, like not tornadoes, but like they get like thunderstorms and stuff like that too. So just kind of being out in the middle of nowhere is, you know, something that you just kind of don't care about. It's just like here when people buy houses on like cliff sides and then there's like major rain and then there's mudslides and then those houses tumble down and people just deal with it and they rebuild and then they're back in their fancy houses on the sides of cliffs. So I imagine it's the same in Hawaii.
0: Yeah. Laura, well, you're so right. There no place on earth is perfect. Like people think, oh I'm gonna move to California. It's the weather's perfect. It it doesn't rain. It's it's seventy degrees and sunny. Yeah, sure, but there's earthquakes and fires burning everything to the ground. Hawaii, volcanoes burning your land to the ground, desert crippling heat. Florida hurricanes, northeast cold, midwest cold, Texas, like you said, bush, but also <laughs> it's Texas. No place is good. Where is the perfect place to live? I, I genuinely would like to know that someday. Costa Rica. <laughs> no, come on.
1: Yeah. Do you not get anything over there? No, hurricanes they get earthquakes, or- but that's about oh, it. Okay.
0: Just, just a phenomenon that can swallow you whole.
1: But
2: they're because they get them so frequently. The infrastructure is
1: so good; it's better than the U.S.'s earthquake infrastructure. Oh, there you go. Also, you want like mini earthquakes because it's like literally the earth settling. So the more mini ones you have, the less likely that you'll have like a huge one, which is what I find
0: comfort in out here in California. All right. We're going to get to some news. But first, we have a new sponsor this week, and I'm actually so glad they're sponsoring us. They are Beachbody On Demand. They let you bring the gym to your living room, and I absolutely love it. Beachbody On Demand gives you instant access to a variety of super effective workouts that you can do anytime, anywhere, and that's the key. Don't have time to go to the gym? Don't feel like going to a gym in the first place? Beachbody On Demand lets you load up any workout on your TV, tablet, phone, and get going, and they work. Boy, do they work. How do I know? My boyfriend has been using them for over a year, and he is so fucking hot thanks to Beachbody On Demand. <laughs> I am not joking. I am wildly attracted to my boyfriend thanks to Beachbody. I can I can attest to it. This is a uh, system where you will get results, and no one's better than Beachbody. They're the company behind P ninety X, Insanity, Twenty One Day Fix, T twenty five, Pio, and so many more. But it's not all about the intense workouts. They have hundreds of effective workouts for all fitness levels, ranging from the bodybuilding to weight training to cardio to yoga and even dance workouts. And dance workouts are actually my favorite on Beachbody. When I have a hard time fitting in some physical activity into my day, I step away from my computer, step in front of the couch, and I get stepping to UV2 with Leonardo Carvalho, I love this guy. He gets me a serious head-clearing cardio workout in less than 30 minutes. And I don't have to go anywhere. I still close my Apple Watch rings. I love it not only for truly giving you a great and fun workout, but you feel like you're part of a community. He talks to you. All these trainers, they talk to you. The other people in the video are following his lead. They're fun to watch. They're dancing along, smiling, having a great time. I feel like I'm with people. We were talking earlier about being alone. I'm not alone anymore at home thanks to Beachbody. I really want you to try Beachbody On Demand because it is truly for anyone, and it's so easy to work into your day thanks to all the convenience of using it on any device you own. And I also want you to try it because I've seen firsthand that it works. It can transform people. Right now, our listeners can get a special free trial membership when you text MIL to 303030. It's so easy. You will get full access to this entire platform for free. All the workouts, the nutrition information, and support, totally, totally free. And you'll want to continue using it after your month-long trial because it's cheap compared to gyms. It's so much cheaper. Again, just text MIL to 303030. Do it right now. It's super easy. And you'll get your month-long free trial. Even in a month, you're going to see good results. And then you're going to be addictive and you're going to want to sign up. So thank you, Beachbody. Not only for sponsoring us, but for my boyfriend's bot. If I could whistle right now. (laughs) (laughs) Can they teach me how to whistle? I would like that.
2: I never learned how to whistle either.
0: Oh, we should take a class together. Oh, all three of us should. Oh my gosh, we're like
1: triplets. I feel less alone now. I feel like I'm the only one that can't whistle ever. (laughs) This is good. I'm glad you confessed.
0: (laughs) Every once in a while, I get close to accidentally doing it, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I try to replicate it, and I can't.
2: So jumping straight into the news, this has been a hot topic in the news for the past few days. Kim Reynolds, governor of Iowa, signed into law the strictest abortion legislation in the United States this so-called heartbeat bill makes all abortions after six weeks illegal, which is the time frame in which a fetus usually develops a heartbeat, hence the name. Um, For the record, most women don't even know they're pregnant until well after the six-week mark, so this kind of ban has potential to force women into carrying unwanted pregnancies to term. This is scary news for a couple of reasons we'll be getting into momentarily, but I wanted to get Andrew and Pam's reactions to this first. Have you seen this? Any initial thoughts, takeaways?
0: Yeah, well, I find it horrible. That six-week time period is no time at all. Are some people even going to realize that they are pregnant in those six weeks? I mean, I have to think there's going to be cases where you're not going to realize it.
1: Oh, definitely not. Yeah, because especially if you're you're just like... Let's just say you think that everything worked out fine and it's not some extreme case where, like, you were raped or you, like, fully know well you had unprotected sex. It's like most women are just waiting for their next menstruation cycle to start. So you might not even notice, especially if you're, like, stressed and your cycle tends to fluctuate. No way. Yeah, I agree with that
2: because that's something I've experienced where, like, if I'm really stressed, my period can be, like, two weeks late. So it's entirely feasible for somebody to be really busy with work or other kinds of obligations, lose track of it, be stressed, think they're just running late. And then, oh, guess what? You're pregnant, but you're eight weeks. Well, too late. You have to have this baby now or go into another state where you can legally have an abortion. Um, The scary thing about this is that the point of this law is less about being implemented, and more about being challenged. So its proponents are fully expecting to be challenged by groups like the ACLU, because this will send the case directly to the Supreme Court, where it stands a chance of overturning Roe versus Wade, which would have national consequences for the legality of abortion. Um, And the scary thing about this is that the Supreme Court is effectively split between liberal and conservative judges right now. And Justice Kennedy is usually the deciding vote and a bit of a wild card. He has surprised liberals sometimes by being in favor of things like gay marriage. um, But he is also still quite conservative. So this would not be good. Yeah. I know for a lot of anti-choice individuals, and this is kind of a point I want to drive home and, and maybe you guys can give your perspectives on this too, but I know for a lot of folks who are anti-choice, the argument comes down on the side of the sanctity of life. And I understand that. I totally understand why. If you truly believed that abortion was baby murder, that you'd be fighting to end the practice. But this bill, like... Every other bill that conservatives support makes exceptions for incest, rape, and the health of the mother. So that indicates that even the uber-conservative meter can be shifted when it comes to certain considerations. So my question to the governor and others who agree with her is this. Since you believe abortion is unequivocally murder, do you believe that rape, incest, and health of the mother are reasons that warrant? Murder? If your answer to that is no, then congratulations. Uh, While I disagree with you, your ideology is at least consistent. But if your answer is anything else but no, then how do you qualify which life circumstances are worthy of ending a pregnancy? Are they valid reasons only if they are personally palatable to you? Because if that's the case, I'd say the point of this bill and others like it is a lot less about caring about the unborn and more about regulating female sex organs. Yeah. So this is, I mean, it's scary. And like, I know that we have listeners who live in Iowa. So I would love to hear from any of you, um, about what you think about this, regardless of where you fall on the spectrum of opinions on abortion, um, because no matter which way you look at it, this this case could have national consequences. And it's another reason why elections fucking matter. Because we wouldn't be in this situation right now if we didn't have President Trump, who had nominated Neil Gorsuch to the Supreme Court, effectively yeah. tying the court.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was one of the scariest things, in my opinion, about Trump potentially being nominated. And that certainly <laughs> made me want to vote. <laughs> um but yeah this is this is scary stuff and like you said we'd love to hear from our listeners in iowa and i mean i'm just looking at it on a map like des moines which is one of the biggest cities if not the biggest city in iowa is like right smack in the middle of iowa point being like it's not necessarily very easy to cross over state lines to get an abortion exactly needed to do that you you could need to spend at least a day probably more somewhere else
1: yeah,
2: and that's if you have a method of transportation, if you can right. afford to go. There are so many considerations that go into having to travel across state boundaries in order to get an abortion. It's not It's not easy. Um, and it's just always so interesting to me that people who are against abortion want to treat it like – The people getting abortions are just having them because they feel like it. Like, nobody wakes up in the morning and goes, you know what? I think I really want to get an abortion.
0: So I'm going to get pregnant.
2: Like, that's not how this happens. When somebody is deciding to end a pregnancy, they usually have a pretty good reason for it. And if nothing else, every child has a
1: right to come into this world wanted
2: Mm-hmm. That's
1: the if, other thing that like perplexes me so much because you know, they talk about sparing life, but are you really sparing somebody's life if they're doomed to potentially have a terrible one because you can't promise that every single child that's born from a mother who didn't want it is going to have a good life. There's so many kids in in the system, you know, in foster care and in orphanages and it's just why are you going to do that to, you know, an individual?
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah, I like, mean,
1: it's, I would say that that is being
2: pro-birth, not pro-life. Because if, yeah. you, if you think that your obligation to the life of that child ends the second they're out of the womb, then you're not pro-life.
0: Right. You're pro-have-the-child, like you said. pro Exactly. You know, I mean, why fault the mother for thinking they can't give them a life, a good life, and choosing to do an abortion? That This is obviously something that these mothers struggle with greatly. Like you said, Laura, they're not just like, oh, I think I'll go have an abortion today for fun. I'm going to well, Instagram you it. you can't
1: even do it the same day. I'm pretty sure they make you come back. Like. Mm -hmm. You can't just like walk into a clinic and say, I want to have an abortion right now. They're like, no, you got to wait a minute because we got to make sure that you're really sure and of sound mind of what you're doing.
0: And don't some like make you read some.
1: Oh, I'm sure there are scare tactics. Information,
0: right. Scaring you out of doing it and making you feel like a pile of shit.
2: There are some states where they will force you to have a transvaginal ultrasound. That is when they put the ultrasound wand up your who. And make you look at the ultrasound of the fetus yeah. before they will perform an abortion.
0: (sighs) Look at this thing. You want to kill that? How dare you? You can't afford the child? How dare you? Well, I mean, my
2: answer is like, cool. You don't want women to have abortions. Next time you see a woman outside of an abortion clinic, instead of shouting her down and calling her a slut and a murderer, why don't you offer to be financially responsible for her health care during her pregnancy and then adopt her child when she has it? <laughs> yeah, If you you're go. really that passionate about it.
0: Yeah. And who looks around this earth and is like, oh, you know, there's not enough people here. We need to continue having <laughs> right. babies even if we don't want them. We need to fill it up more. <laughs> uh, yep. Well, Anyway,
2: we'll keep an eye on this story as it develops.
0: Yeah, hopefully it gets overturned. I can't believe this is happening one state away from me. I, I share a border with Iowa. What the fuck? <laughs> this is bullshit. All right, well, also bullshit, Facebook. Uh, they're trying to make some changes, but they're also introducing some questionable ones, I thought, since everybody on the planet mostly, uses Facebook. We should let people know what's going on after the Cambridge Analytica scandal. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg has announced that they are adding a new feature called Clear History. It'll be introduced as a privacy control, and you'll have a simple way to clear your cookies, or sorry, it'll, you'll have a simple way of clearing your Facebook cookies and history so that advertisers can't look at that history. That way, you have a little bit more privacy, so advertisers basically don't have access to your entire life on Facebook and can't give you ads based on that history. Um, so you'll also be able to see the information about the apps and websites you've interacted with, and you'll be able to clear this information from your account. You'll even be able to turn off having this information stored with your account. And I think everybody should probably turn that off. There's no reason for you to allow Facebook to continue holding on to information about the apps and websites that you use. Uh, Facebook only benefits from that by putting the right ads in front of your face.
2: Yeah. Have you guys seen the commercial that Facebook has had out about this?
0: Oh, my fucking God. Yes. Tell us about it. It is
2: so self-aggrandizing, where they're trying to show you what Facebook was like in the early days, you know, 2005, 2006, when it was all about looking at pictures of babies and puppy videos. And they're like, and then we started experiencing fake news and targeted advertising. I'm like... Yeah, because of Facebook. Right. Like, they're trying to, uh, like, sort of wash their hands of it and absolve themselves of responsibility and act like that fake news just sort of fell upon them and they had no control over it.
0: Yes. Yes. Agreed. And there are also ads being like, fake news is not your friends. Clickbait is not your friends. And then in smaller prints, they, they have these on, like, in uh, bil- uh, bus shelters I've seen around here. Facebook is changing, so you see less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. They're They're patting themselves on the back for making these changes after causing these issues in the first place. Like, you want us to fucking applaud you for getting rid of fake news and getting rid of clickbait and getting rid of fake accounts? Fuck you! I'm not going to applaud you for that. You got us into this, bitch. <laughs> They're trying to drive people back to Facebook. We'll see if it works. I I don't know if it's necessarily appealing to see more of your friends in the Facebook feed. Do I need more baby pictures in the Facebook feed and more pictures of people's food? And yeah, I know these are like common jokes to make, but it's true. Like, you know, I know somebody very close to me, my sister who just posts photos of my nephew all the time now. Do I need to see all those? I mean... Yeah, I guess I should say yes, but I don't really need to see all those. I'm not going on Facebook necessarily to see pictures of my nephew in my feed. Let me click on my sister's profile to see those photos when I want to. I don't want to be reminded every day that I do not have a child and my sister does. Thank you.
2: Right. Like, let's just go back (laughs) to the days of when everyone had a wall. Yeah. And you went and looked at their wall if you were really interested in what they were doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so-and-so is traveling over to Paris? That's great. Thanks for reminding me that I still haven't gone to one of the places I dream of. So bitter. (sighs) Oh, so-and-so graduated from college? Great. Guess what I haven't done? Graduated from college.
2: (laughs) Thanks, Facebook.
0: (laughs) And uh, so, okay, that's good news. They're letting us clear our history, so apps and... So ads can't track us. Uh, But then they also announced a weird feature on the same day. They're getting into the dating game. They haven't shared many details yet. But Mark Zuckerberg said that their new dating service will be geared towards creating, quote, meaningful, real, long-term relationships. Not just for hookups, He says, we have designed this new dating service with privacy and safety in mind from the beginning. Your friends aren't going to see your profile, and you're only going to be suggested to people who are not your friends. Uh, And apparently your profile and the dating, which for now they seem to be calling calling dating on Facebook... um, Your profile will look similar to other dating apps like Tinder and Bumble with full-page profile photos, but Facebook's take on dating is more community-focused with integrations for events and groups you're a part of on the platform.
2: So does Mark Zuckerberg not know that people have been using Facebook to hook up since its inception? Like, wasn't that the initial point of Facebook was to look at pictures of hot girls and rate them?
0: Uh... Yeah, well, wasn't yet, that what it was I when mean, in
2: when it was like in its fledgling stages?
0: It definitely feels voyeuristic, but I for hookups, has anybody ever used Facebook for hookups? I mean, I don't
1: I have not personally, but I know people who have. Yeah. Huh. I will say that like my when I discovered that, you know, back when nobody knew you had like an other box, like an other inbox that people you didn't know could message you in, like all I had in there were unsolicited dick pics. So, Mhm. <laughs>
0: I guess I shouldn't be laughing, but um, yeah, I just, Facebook has had such a horrible reputation over the past year that I cannot see this working out for them. There are major privacy issues that Facebook needs to spend a lot of time, they have to spend a lot of time rebuilding trust with their users, and I, I don't think many people would trust Facebook right now.
1: But also, like, a lot of dating apps, they, like, rely on Facebook information to build your profile anyway. Mm -hmm. So you're still already kind of, like, like, for example, Tinder is, like, the most popular one probably right now. All of that information about you comes from your Facebook profile, and I wouldn't think that you can even sign up unless you have Facebook. Right. So... It's kind of the same thing. It's just they're making it so you don't necessarily have to leave their platform to use a service.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, I-, I just, I'll be very curious to see how this ends up looking because can Facebook possibly add more to dating than these other apps do? I really doubt it. We asked our, Patron supporters, can you see yourself using Facebook dating? 12 people said, yes, I'd consider using it. 36 said, no way. (laughs) So three times the number of people say no. 75% say no, they will not use this. And I don't blame them.
2: No, I wouldn't use it either. And I mean, it's not that I'm against online dating. That's how I met my current boyfriend, but... Facebook just doesn't seem like the place, and I don't know if it's just like an ingrained prejudice I have towards the platform because it's not been a very good platform. So mm-hmm. I just automatically assume that anything else they try to do will be shitty. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just, I I wasn't early, I guess you could call it, sounds so douchey, but I was like an early adopter of Facebook, and that's never what I used it for, so I don't know why I would make the switch now.
0: Yeah. But you do definitely use Facebook to learn more about somebody when you initially date them. Sure. Uh, with every person I've dated, <laughs> and there hasn't been too many. Uh, I want to look at their Facebook profile and see what I can glean from it before I decide if I want to get more serious. Like, oh, fuck, was there a post from them about, oh, God, I love uh, the new Camel cigarettes. Oh, shit. It's bad news for me. <laughs> Or uh, you know you see I don't know maybe there's hints that they're hung up on their ex still or you find out their political views stuff like that so we all do use Facebook in dating just not to initially to, to make those initial connections I guess but I'm wondering like is Facebook like right now I don't have in a relationship on my profile is Facebook gonna bug me to join for as long as my relationship makes a single?
1: Probably.
2: That's that's (laughs) interesting because I feel like the whole relationship status thing on Facebook fell out of vogue a long time
1: ago. Nobody does it anymore. I do always think it's weird when I do see people use that, you know? I feel like the one that's like, well, now that I'm getting older, it's like the got engaged or got married, and I get that because it's technically not a status, even though it is. It's like a life event. Yeah. But... Yeah, I definitely don't see anybody being like, it's complicated with John, you know?
0: Right, right. <laughs> yeah, you're so right, though. It used to be like a huge deal when you would see so-and-so is in a relationship, and you go, oh my gosh!
1: My chances are ruined
0: now. <laughs> That's the it right. is. Right. No, it's over! <laughs> please, Arnold, please love me, Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> like... And I just don't want to announce to my fucking Facebook feed that I'm in a relationship. Because I know as soon as I would change that, it would post to everybody's feed. And that's not... And now I'm looking at it right now. Now I can type in the person's name. I can type in when we first started dating, our anniversary.
2: Wow. So it gives you like dates almost like your university attendance years. Like 2007 (laughs) to 2011. (laughs)
0: Right. Well, because <laughs> Facebook now, you know, they've got the timeline where you can kind of jump back to any year you want in somebody's profile, which is also I weird.
1: I kind of just, that makes me, whenever I remember that, it makes me want to just delete everything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I still remember the very first time I looked at the Facebook newsfeed, and I was just like, wow, that is creepy. Yep. We all need to remember our initial reactions to the Facebook newsfeed. We've gotten too complicit.
2: Can we campaign for Facebook Basic
1: where they just go back to version one?
0: Yeah, right. There's
1: got to be some kind of like somebody super nerdy has had to have made an algorithm for that that you can use.
0: <laughs> yeah, like a Chrome plugin that'll like yeah, disable the yeah. feed or something. Anyway, thanks to our patrons who answered that poll we're going to try to do more polls over at patreon.com slash millennial to get your instant feedback on certain questions
1: this wednesday could be a pretty big week for california specifically new prospective homeowners The California Energy Commission is set to vote on whether solar panels should be mandatory for all new homes. And on the surface, this looks like it might not be a bad thing. Uh, The rule, which looks set to pass based off of commissioner statements, will go into effect beginning in 2020. And it's the first law of its kind. So it's very cutting edge in terms of like what things are like in the rest of the United States. But the problem is, is that it would also add a lot of cost to houses, it would be about 14 to $16,000 more in terms of like what it would cost you to buy a house. And that's a pretty big deal, especially considering that California's housing market is really inflated, and it's super expensive out here to begin with. So, you know, for families looking to start you know, um, like, to put down roots, it would just kind of make uh, owning a home less attainable than it already is. And even for people our age, if there's anybody listening in California thinking about, you know, buying a house that's not going to be even more expensive when it's already expensive, it's kind of like a scary thought. So while there are pros, like, you know, would cut down your energy bill and your electricity and stuff like that, it's also kind of like a huge undertaking, um, straight up, because you won't really be making that money back, until you know 25 years after you've you've owned the place
0: man this is tough because like i think this is a great idea extra costs aside i think anybody who looks at this would would think it's great to require solar panels um but on the other hand yeah i mean california housing prices are already fucked and the taxes there are already fucked as well so adding on this cost sounds really burdensome and how about we just continue to give tax credits for people who
1: i think that yeah i like that idea personally as somebody that's lived out here my whole life my family's been in california for decades like my grandparents for example my great-grandparents owned their house but they went into the market you know back when it was still affordable and there was nothing in orange county but orange groves My grandparents don't own a house. My mom just bought a house. for She's like Mm. a first-time homeowner. She bought the house three years ago. And that's because it's so expensive. And she had to move out of where we grew up, which is out closer to San Francisco. And the house that she bought now has already... Uh, gone up in value over $200,000 because there were huge fires out in Sonoma County and they wiped down a lot of pre existing homes. And now there is a shortage in houses, you know, like these are all problems that people kind of don't think about, like on top of it being so expensive out here, there's also a lot of different elements that kind of come in and, and make it almost impossible to stay in the state.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, I feel like definitely the tax credit thing is something that I think could alleviate some of the stress here. Um, but also, I know that there are like first time homeowner grants that you can sometimes get through the FHA, FHA program. And so, my hope would be that those could be extended to Californians in this case, because you're really not going to have a choice. You yeah. know? So, my hope is that California has something up its sleeve in terms of like, how do we sustain this model? Because I think it's a good model. But there's a little bit of a hurdle in terms of getting like the first wave of new homeowners into their houses after implementing this. I feel like once you get that first wave, couple of waves in and out of the houses, it becomes a standard. And there's more capital flowing as a result of the increased property values. So over time, it'll probably work well, but it's just how do we launch it.
0: Yeah. New Jersey, um, a few years ago started offering some serious tax credits for those who added solar and it skyrocketed the number of, uh, homes and businesses with solar panels. Um, in fact, a couple of weeks ago when my boyfriend was visiting, uh, my hometown, he was legitimately admiring how many solar panels were around because he's a nerd and likes that kind of thing um and it made me realize just how many there are out there there really is a lot and then it made me look into it and yeah it had to do with tax credits so that might be the best solution we have another sponsor this week they are ship station if you're an online creator or seller getting your orders out the door quickly and effectively can be tough it can be hard to organize all your orders making sure they're all shipped to perfection This is a godsend for those of us who have online businesses with physical goods involved. It's the fast and easy way to manage and ship your orders all from one place. Whether you're using your own website, Shopify, Squarespace, Etsy, BigCommerce, WooCommerce, or over 75 other popular selling channels, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. First of all, they make them really easy to manage from any device, even from your cell phone, which is so convenient. Then use ShipStation to create shipping labels for all the top carriers, including UPS, FedEx, USPS. With ShipStation, you'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. And ShipStation is also available in the UK, Australia, and Canada. So right now, you can try ShipStation free for 30 days. Online sellers, this is the way to go. Plus, get a special bonus when you use our promo code M-I-L-L. So don't wait. Go to ShipStation.com. Before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, then type in M-I-L-L. That's ShipStation.com. Enter code M-I-L-L. ShipStation. Make ship happen. Our final story before we get to a couple confessionals and then our Kellyanne-Kanye game (laughs) is about Kanye West He's been in the headlines this week as his new albums approach, by the way. He said some pretty horrific things about slavery uh, while being interviewed on TMZ. I'm going to play a clip. You're going to hear Kanye, and then you're going to hear one of TMZ's news reporters in the background start yelling at Kanye, and it's phenomenal. Listen to this represent the world. When you hear about slavery for 400 years, for 400 years, that sounds like a choice. <laughs> like, you was there for 400 years and it's all of y'all? You know, like, it's like we're, we're mentally in prison. I like the word prison, because slavery goes di- too, too direct to the uh, idea of blacks. It's like slavery, Holocaust, Holocaust Jews, uh, slavery is blacks. So prison is something that unites us as one race, blacks and whites being one race. Uh, that we're one, we're, we're the human race. Do you feel that I'm feeling, do, do you feel that I'm being free and I'm thinking free? I, I, actually, I actually don't think you're thinking anything. <laughs> I think what you're doing right now is actually the absence of thought. And the reason why I feel like that is because, because Kanye, Kanye, you're entitled to your opinion. You're entitled to believe whatever you want. But there is fact and real-world, real-life consequence behind everything that you just said. And while you are making music and being an artist and living the life that you've earned by being a genius, the rest of us in society have to deal with these threats to our lives. We have to deal with the marginalization that has come from the 400 years of slavery that you said for our people was a choice. Frankly, I'm disappointed, I'm appalled, and brother, I am unbelievably hurt By the fact that you have morphed into something, to me, that's not real. Kanye went on to say that he meant it was a choice because there were so many black people. Why didn't they rise up and fight back?
2: Well, they did in a lot of cases. Mm hmm. But the fact of the matter is they were stolen from their continent, from their culture, from their language, and brought into a world where they were beaten and starved. How do you expect people to plan some kind of organized uprising as an entire people? Black people, like any other race, are not a monolith. And it shocks me that anyone has to say that. And, and to imply that there's a choice, um, cause I know that he went on to talk about, um, or maybe I'm conflating this. I'm thinking about a friend of mine who I was also shocked cause he was, he was posting about this and he talked about, he was like quoting Killmonger from Black Panther, talking about how slaves had a choice to jump into the ocean and kill themselves rather than be, uh, And be slaves. And I'm like, so wait, you're saying the choice was suicide or slavery. Like, that's a choice. You've still had your life taken from you. There is no choice involved in that.
0: If you ask me, I feel like this is him saying outrageous things on purpose to promote the album albums that he's going to be releasing in June. But I think he took it way too far this time. He he likes to get headlines be, before an album comes up. And I think this was his latest attempt at that. Um, and I hope that his fans, because I'm not one of them, seriously reflects on supporting him and listening to his new albums. Because I think he's only doing this for attention. And uh, I just don't know how anybody could possibly say such a thing
1: you know like and that's the thing about kanye west i I, as andrew knows i'm really big into music and i do a lot of music journalism and uh while kanye west has made a lot of questionable choices in his past i've always kind of said that you know like the one thing he does know how to do is reinvent himself as an artist and some of his albums are really great and some of the lyrics like i'm not talking like couches 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 or Poop Scoop or whatever he's talking about now, but, like, songs like Ultra Light Beam are amazing, and he works with some great producers, but, yeah, like, therein lies the problem, is, like, if people don't stand up and say, like, this is, you've gone too far, then the... it it just, like, the ramifications are going to be vast, and while I think a lot of people are gonna think twice before they listen to the new record, there are also a lot of blind supporters, so... It's anybody's guess as to how all of these albums are going to do, given what he's had to say now, because he's essentially alienating, you know, other people that he should, you know, as the black man himself, he should have their backs somehow. Right. And all of this on the heels of his
2: Donald Trump jerk fest on Twitter last week. It's like you
1: are literally handing ammunition to white supremacists. It's very similar to like when people like um, dilute the Civil War to like um, a an economic problem. It's like oh, oh it was yeah. just like an economic <laughs> dispute. It was just states' rights. Yeah, it was states' rights. Like that's exactly <laughs> the same thing. So if like that enrages you, then this should equally enrage you. Well said.
0: I'm gonna go and uh, watch uh, Twelve Years of Choice tonight to think about all this. <laughs> it's a joke I stole from Twitter.
2: Yeah, I know. I gave it I, I chuckled anyway, I gave it to you. Let you have it.: <laughs> Thank
0: you.: Thank you for your support.: <laughs> Anyway, time now for some confessionals. So for anybody who doesn't know, we have a confessional box over at millennialshow.com. There's a link right at the top that says, confessional and you can submit your deepest, darkest secrets anonymously, and we'll read them on there with your permission. We've got two this week. Here's the first one. So I'm 24 and I finally lost my virginity this weekend. Being a virgin, a bullshit social construct, was something I absolutely hated. I hated listening to my friends talk about sex while I knew I still hadn't been able to do anything. I hated being treated like I was a poor, innocent, sweet summer child because I hadn't managed to get laid yet. I hated being the token virgin used in jokes about virgin sacrifices and I hated knowing that for whatever reason I was just this unlucky. So I'm 12... So I'm two months shy of my 25th birthday. And finally, after so many failed attempts and asshole guys, I lost my virginity. I know other people who are or were in the same boat as me, have written in before, and I feel like you guys are my friends. So I wanted to share with you this huge moment in my life where nothing has changed, but everything is different. I'm no longer the butt of jokes. I'm no longer the odd one out. I'm no longer under the impression that I somehow actually managed to get cursed by not reposting a note on MySpace in 2008. (laughs) I feel lucky that my first time went the way it did. And y'all, I could not be happier than I am today. I feel like a weight has been lifted. And finally, I can step out from the shadow that has plagued me for far too long. Thanks for listening. And I love you guys. I love this evel. It just feels so epic.
2: Yeah. I uh, Yeah, I love it too. I do hate that this person sort of was a victim of like, societal constructs surrounding virginity like obviously they don't feel as though losing your virginity is this big momentous thing obviously you're not losing anything you're having a life experience and that's that Um, but it sounds like everyone around them treated them like they were some kind of weirdo for still being a virgin and it's just not the case to be honest with you I think about when I lost my virginity that guy was an asshole if I could take it back and not do that, I totally would.
0: People reclaim their virginity. You could do it.
2: Well, no. What?
0: D- w- what? Go to church, reclaim, and then have Mark <laughs> take it 10 minutes later.
2: Secondary virginity, huh? <laughs> yeah.
0: It's like uh, renewing doing your vows.
2: No, that ship <laughs> sailed long, long ago.
0: <laughs> no matter how high the number, Laura, you can still cleanse them all. Okay. I would do it for fun. I'd do it for the show. If I knew, like, there was some service at a church I could go to, have some water thrown on me, have, you know, get blessed, and then suddenly I'm a virgin again. We
1: could throw some water at you at any church. (laughs) There's holy water everywhere. (laughs) Maybe you could do, like, a 40 days and 40 nights celibacy situation, and then you'll feel born again.
0: I can barely do two nights celibacy. I don't know if I can do 40...
1: You got to earn your reclaimed virginity, Andrew.
0: <laughs> the, okay. All right. That's that's a good challenge. I'll have to look this up. God, my boyfriend's going to hate me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, kind of also fuck your friends for making fun of you or something, for being a yeah, virgin. That's like. Yeah,
1: seriously. Yeah. Do you know what's so funny, though? Is like Because I, I don't think I was particularly old when I lost my virginity, but I feel like my friends like started way younger than I was. And I was like 18 and they were making fun of me. Hmm. And I feel like that's like pretty young,
0: yeah, you know I totally yeah. agree,
1: yeah, I didn't lose mine till I was twenty. Like, well, I ended up losing mine like before like before I ended eighteen, but it was definitely like I just didn't want the stigma on anymore, and I just don't i think I think that's awful, you know, and it's like way worse for girls, maybe not. I think it's kind of bad for guys too. I take it back.
0: I know somebody who I think is a virgin, and they're older than me. And I just, I feel, I would never bring it up or make fun of them. I just have a feeling, and I feel bad because I feel like they, <laughs> they would change in a lot of ways if they lost their virginity.
1: <laughs> because I right now, actually, know somebody like that too. Me yeah, too. It's just,
0: yeah. It's I just they they they're generally stiff in their social interactions, and I feel like once they change, it would be a whole different ball game and (laughs) i don't know for
2: puns in that statement andrew (laughs) Stiff, it'll be a whole different ball game Uh, (laughs) but i feel like isn't that less about the virginity thing and just more about like a personality thing i don't think virginity is the issue i just think it's like
1: being comfortable in your own sexuality and sometimes Mm -hmm. people need like an experience to do that you know but some people don't and like there's so many different definitions like nowadays like that qualify losing your virginity like some people don't even um count like penetration as losing your virginity so what yeah cause it's like for example like if you're like a lesbian and you're with a girl and maybe like your first time doesn't involve penetration like does that mean you haven't lost your virginity
0: Hmm. no no but I can, t- I can see that. I understand now. Huh. Interesting.
2: Sex can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And as long as it's between consenting adults and everybody's on the same page, it's okay. It's good yeah.
0: sex. Thank you, Laura. For me, it's about getting off on my beach body boyfriend's bod.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Getting off on it directly.
0: I, you know, one of my employees is here. I say no more. <laughs> Let's move on to another confession. Uh, my best friend in the whole world and I just started dating. It's absolutely amazing and terrifying at the same time. I'm 23 and he's 24. Neither of us have really been in relationships before. How do people who are serious, how do people who are in serious relationships but who aren't engaged or married live with the fear of one day breaking up? Our relationship is so intense and passionate, and it was that way for years platonically before we dated. We held off on dating for so long because we were too afraid of losing each other. I can't stand the thought of losing him and maybe dating him when I'm this young is a mistake, but we just fell for each other and we couldn't resist going for it anymore. Any advice? That's tough. I mean, I'm going to be honest. That sounds like trouble to me.
1: Don't self-sabotage. Like, don't... that That's like... Because you're going to think about it too much, um, especially if you... Like, I've definitely been in relationships before where it's like, I don't know why, like, I'm dating this person that's way better than I am. And, like, they're just, you know, in my head, I'm like, they're in love with the idea of me. And then, like, the mask is going to fly off. And then they're just going to see that this was, like, a bad idea. But, like, try not to get in your own head about it. And the fact, I think the fact that you're, like, that passionate about it and you're that scared is probably a good thing. Because it just Mm -hmm. means you're going to try harder to make it work. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, and I think there's also a period of uncertainty that most people go through at the beginning of a new relationship, where you're like, I feel really serious about this, but I don't necessarily know where it's going at this point. And that's okay. Like, it's okay to feel a little bit ambiguous about where things are going. What I would say is like, if you still don't know what direction things are heading in six months in then you might want to have a conversation. But this early on, it's not worth putting the pressure on you or him. Uh,
0: You can also try talking about it, being like, hey, wow, we're kind of moving fast here. This is super intense. I just want you to know that no matter what happens, I want to be your friend, always. Just maybe just be honest in that way. It sounds like you two already are very honest with each other. So just say, like... In case this doesn't work out, I want to be your friend always, and that could help because then maybe, God forbid, something you know takes a turn for the worst. At least you two will remember that conversation about it. You know what would happen if it potentially failed? Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, you don't want to lose them.
2: And it sounds like he feels the same way too.
0: Yeah, right. That's cute. The Write email a book said about he, this. right?
2: I just want to make sure I'm not misgendering.
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Um. Yeah, I mean, it it honestly sounds like you are both on the same page. Yeah. All right. Good luck. (laughs) Before I move on, we just wanted to plug one of our sponsors for Millennial, Dagny Dover. Is your bag a never-ending black hole? Where are my keys? My phone? One of the missing Millennial hosts. Let me tell you about Dagny Dover. Dagny Dover is designing the next generation of bags that are designed to support you in living smart. They're committed to keeping you organized while still looking good. And these bags do look great. I love my Dakota backpack in the color Storm. I carry my laptop and other electronics around with me a lot, and it's perfect for people on the go. What I love about it is it has dedicated spots for everything, including my laptop, wallet, phone, and sneakers. No more water bottles spilling on your laptop or rogue tampon kind of disasters. I'm also a walking disaster, so the quick-drying lightweight neoprene fabric comes in handy for me and is the ultimate performance fabric. I've even caught my boyfriend fondling my bag, which raises a few <laughs> personal questions, but means that this is a great gift for Bay too. I also love the landing carry-all, which is made from the same fabric as the Dakota backpack. I recently traveled to the Bahamas on a punk rock cruise, and this bag not only survived beer spillage, but also me packing every last compartment with things that sober me thought I would need. These bags hug your body perfectly and distribute the weight of their contents really well. So while I'm a disorganized Debra on the outside, Dagny Dover makes me look like I have my shit together. Dagny Dover is offering our listeners 20% off your purchase when you go to dagnydover.com M-I-L-L and enter our code M-I-L-L. Don't put off getting organized. My bag has changed my life. Check them out at DagnyDover.com slash mill. That's d a g n e d o v e r dot com slash mill, and use my code M I L L to get twenty percent off your order, and you'll be happy you did.
0: Yeah, I need to check this out. I'm freaking jealous. I've yeah, oh, they're awesome. Talk about it, cool. All right, to wrap up the show today, we are going to play a bit of a game here.
2: Yeah, so this is the second edition of the game Kellyanne Kanye or Donald Trump. Basically, um, me reading some quotes and my co-hosts have to guess who said it, Kanye West or Donald Trump. We introduced this in an episode of After Dark recently, after Kanye went on his whole Make America Again circle jerk spree on Twitter. Um, We had a lot of fun with it. So you guys ready?
0: Yes.
2: Okay. First one. Windmills are the greatest threat in the U.S. to both bald and golden eagles. Uh, Who said it? Kanye it was- or Trump? This game is getting harder and harder. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going to say Donald Trump.
2: I'm going to say Donald too. Correct. You got it. Andrew, yes. where's, the, where's the ding sound? Or you know you- what?
0: Not on this computer, but I'll play. Uh, yes. And my- no.
2: <laughs> there we go. Perfect. That's great. That's great. All right. Next one. I hate when I'm on a flight and I wake up with a water bottle next to me like, oh, great. Now I've got to be responsible for this water bottle.
0: This one's a trick question. (laughs) I said this. (laughs) Because then you feel bad. Well, should I pick up the water bottle? Should I leave it there? I should probably throw it out. But what if somebody's going to come back for it?
1: I feel like they probably only do this in like first class because this has never happened to me. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I'm going to say Kanye.
0: I'll say Kanye too.
1: You're correct.
0: Yeah, yeah. See, Trump has somebody to clean up his trash wherever he goes, unless it's McDonald's or ra- rappers in the in the uh, sleeping quarters of the White House, <laughs> according to Fire and Fury. Allegedly.
2: All right, next one. Ninjas are kind of cool. I just don't know any personally.
1: (laughs) This is Trump, right?
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with Trump, too.
2: You're wrong. That was Kanye. No! (laughs) 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 All right, next one. Every time I speak of the haters, I do so with great love and affection. They cannot help the fact that they were born fucked up.
0: (laughs) I unfortunately remember this one. It was Donald Trump. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Correct. Good job. Yes. Cool. Next one. I specifically ordered Persian rugs with cherub imagery. What do I have to do to get a Persian rug with cherub imagery? (laughs) (laughs) This is Kanye, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I'll go with Kanye. Yeah, you're right. Yes.
2: (laughs) All right. Next one everyone knows I'm right that Robert Pattinson should dump Kristen Stewart in a couple of years he will thank me be smart Robert <laughs> uh,
1: this is
0: Donald Trump yeah you are correct God why do I have that one yes yeah. right so cool. yeah
2: i I remembered that one too when I saw I was like oh yeah this was Trump <laughs> God,
0: there were right. these years way before the presidency where Trump would just comment on pop culture on twitter just to be relevant i guess
2: yeah all right and the final one i have a feeling you guys are going to know this one too but we'll do it anyway i have never seen a thin person drinking diet coke uh
0: i believe that's donald trump
2: same you are correct yes and I mean Wait. one would guess based on his personal experience. That I was is gonna true. say, doesn't he drink a <laughs> crap of Diet Coke? He does Yeah, like
0: what? <laughs> this,
1: this is, is literally... like a backhanded compliment to himself.
2: <laughs> literally the only uh, only thing I have in common with him is that I love Diet Coke.
0: <laughs> God. Do you like McDonald's too? Not really. Their have French fries ever... are okay. Eating McDonald's and throw the wrappers uh, over your bedside?
2: Not as an adult.
0: Okay, <laughs> just checking. Well, if you want to confess to doing such a thing, you can visit millennialshow.com and leave us a confessional or write in the public way. Use the contact form on the same website. Uh, you can also reach out to us via Twitter or Facebook, twitter.com slash millennial show and facebook.com slash millennial show. We also got that Facebook group that we always reference, facebook.com slash groups slash millennial show. Fuck, I mean, we can't shit talk Facebook and talk about how dangerous it is and then plug our Facebook shit. We need to, we need to move our group elsewhere.
2: <laughs> Good luck finding a place that everyone will move to.
0: Yeah, exactly. He's Nobody gonna would to force Slack
1: on everyone else, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all of our listeners must use Slack. <laughs> uh, and of course, we would love your sh- support over at patreon.com slash millennial. You'll get After Dark. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the life and lies of Rudy Giuliani. He's been in the public eye a lot this week, too. Uh, so we're going to talk about all of he- uh, everything he's been talking about. You also get Hashing It Out. You get Video shows from Laura and I. You also get ad-free editions of Millennial Podcasts. It's a one-time setup, and then you'll be good to go in terms of automatically downloading the episodes for as long as you are a patron. And there are many more benefits, like listening to the live stream. Thanks to everybody who tuned in today. It's all over at patreon.com millennial. We could really use your support, so thank you in advance. All right. And while we're talking, we did get an outro song together. Good job, ladies. Looks like You're it was Laura. <laughs> Good job, new Elisa. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for <laughs> listening. <laughs> listening. I'm Andrew.
1: I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela.
0: See everybody next time. Goodbye. Bye.
1: Bye. Understood that Hollywood sells
0: I was thinking of playing a Kanye song, then I thought, fuck him. Yeah, yeah I was thinking about suggesting one, too. and
1: then I was like, no, we can't give him more streams right now. Yeah. It's so sad. I didn't oh, want him yeah. to ruin the good music.
0: Gold digger. Gold loser.
1: <laughs> Power, monster. Like, where do we draw the line? Dragon uh, energy. <laughs> yeah. Dragon energy.
2: I we only are like- both dragon energy.